Welcome to the CBIA BizCast. I'm your host, Allie Warshavsky, and today we have a very special guest, CEO of Eversource, Joe Nolan. He is also going to be the keynote speaker of our Connecticut Economy event, which is September 30th in Hartford. So we're extra excited to have him on today. Joe Nolan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Allie. Thank you for joining us. Now, you're new to this role. How has it been going and what led you to take on the CEO position at Eversource? Yeah, well, thanks. You know, it's been uh, quite a uh, quite a few months here. I've been on the job now since May and uh, we've obviously had a significant amount of weather uh, that's affected the folks of Connecticut. And so I spent a lot of time crisscrossing that state. And I will tell you that um, folks in the communities uh, have been fantastic and I'm just so grateful and um, you know, we're excited. We've got a big, uh, you know, big marathon is coming up in a few weeks and I'm still on the fence as to whether I should run alley. But so, you know, I've been in this business for 36 years. You know, I started in customer service uh, right out of school. Um, I'm very passionate about it. I love it. And so uh, it was just a natural uh, progression for me. Obviously, uh, it's a great day to be able to take over as CEO for a company that you've been with for your entire career. About that marathon, if you do do it, mile nine. Everyone told me, they warned me about it. Mile nine is the hill. Mile nine. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for sharing uh, how you got into that role and what it's been like the past few months. And you mentioned, of course, what better way to start off your role than having all these severe weather events, right? What operational and infrastructure changes has Eversource made to address the impact of climate change, including uh, the more severe weather events that you mentioned and we've been seeing? And how does Eversource prepare for these events? Yeah, sure. So, you know, obviously a partnership with each of our communities is so important. And one of the things that we've been working on is, is putting in together a kind of a community portal that allows the communities to interact with our control center to let them know what, what their priorities are so that we're able to meet their expectations. And obviously every day we strive to exceed their expectations. So we have um, two folks out there. We have a public safety person in each of these communities. We have a, uh, a community relations person in the community to interact and to make sure that towns are getting heard. You know, if there were any type of block roads, if there are any priority uh, safety or why is down? We want to make sure we get on those first. That's what our priority is. Number one is to is to let's get all unsafe conditions uh, in a in a in a good place, and then we will look on some of the key uh, buildings in that in that community, whether it's a hospital, whether it's a police, whether it's a fire station. Let's get them up and running. That's what's important to them. Um, I think that if you talk to them, and I I have, I've made significant number of phone calls to uh, elected officials in all of these communities and appointed officials. And I will tell you that um, I'm getting very positive feedback on this uh, new community portal. And I'm certainly excited about it. And we, obviously, we continue to improve that all the time. And no matter what storm hits us or what event will hit us, we always do a lessons learned. We're always back looking at what could we have done better. We get the feedback from the community. We try to improve that. And, and that, that's what's been going on here. And I read your op-ed in the Connecticut Post, and I thought it was really interesting. What you said is sometimes expectations might be set a little bit too high. You know, what is a realistic expectation sometimes for these severe storms versus what maybe I think, you know, my power should be turned right on. Um, I think you made a good point about that in there. 
Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's difficult. It's almost, you know, when you look at a first responder, you look at the bomb squad, you know, nobody has a time clock on them where they're saying you need to get done a certain period of time. These are very, very difficult circumstances that our employees are operating in. And I will tell you that, you know, now in this day and age, a lot of folks have generated generators at their home. And that's something you got to be so careful. You know, if this employee is working and that generator back feeds out into a line, it may not even be a line. It could be cable. It could be a phone line. If that comes back into that and an uh, it, it, employee gets in contact with it, that's going to be devastating. I mean, that is, and, you know, my goal every day is to send our employees home to their families every single night, you know, on the same condition that they came to work in. And that's something I worry about. The last thing you want to do is visit a family uh, of an employee uh, who has had a, an accident or worse is a fatality. And that's something you never want to do as a CEO. Now, how is Connecticut moving towards other forms of energy, particularly renewables? Yeah, well, you know, um, I will tell you, I'm very excited that the Port of New London really is going to be the epicenter of wind. Uh, and Connecticut is very much at the center of that. And I think that that, that port right there is going to provide a significant number of other opportunities for people in the renewable space uh, to begin to develop that. Uh, you know, just um, three weeks ago, I was down in Danbury uh, visiting with a uh, battery uh, a company, and they're very active on storage. And storage is, you know, storage is uh, going to be a, a game changer. When you're dealing with renewable energy, you know, it's intermittent in nature. You know, the sun doesn't always shine and the wind doesn't always blow, and that's where you need to have storage. And so, um, I think that uh, Connecticut has an opportunity to be in the forefront of renewable energy, uh, and I'm certainly excited about it, and, and it's, it's, it's really taking off now. And can you share some of the backstory towards your partnership with Orsted? How will that project impact the state's economy? Yeah, sure. So Orsted is the leader in offshore wind. Uh, they have over 20 offshore wind projects um, you know, around the world. Uh, they came here to America in 2016 looking for a partner, somebody that had the experience that they needed on kind of the land base, the transmission, uh, the distribution, those types of um, skill sets that they felt were critical to their business. Uh, and they settled upon uh, Eversource. And Eversource was looking at opportunities in this space. And we settled on probably, you know, we consider to be the world leader, which is Orsted. So it really is a perfect match. We have complementing skill sets. Uh, that allow us to execute on a renewable energy strategy, uh, which we think is uh, uh, is a fantastic strategy and something that's going to benefit uh, our customers and certainly the region as we drive towards our goal uh, of zero uh, zero carbon. And you mentioned that, but do you anticipate any future renewable partnerships on a larger scale as well coming into Connecticut? I do. I think that storage is um, really going to be the next uh, big opportunity in this space. Uh, storage is so critical. And I think, you know, you look at Connecticut with all of the different technologies that are taking place down there. Uh, I think there's an opportunity there. And it's something that I'm, I'm working very, very hard on because I'm very passionate about storage. And obviously, as we mentioned, you're going to be the keynote speaker at our event. And we'll be discussing uh, the future of the Connecticut economy. And you'll share some of the results of our annual survey. So switching gears a little bit, what is your outlook for the state and national economies right now? Well, I will tell you, uh, we continue to make significant investments across our territory. We have a, a five-year plan to invest over $17 billion uh, in our infrastructure and continue to grow this business. 
Uh, and also to, you know, we've, we've done a significant amount of work around reliability. Uh, reliability in Connecticut has uh, has really, it's it's never been better. Uh, it's from the investments that we've made around smart switches and uh, smart grid. And, and we continue to look at those opportunities. Uh, so advanced metering as well that we'll be investing. So uh, I feel very, very good about the future. And uh, you can be sure that uh, that we want to invest and uh, we want to you know, be, play a big role here in Connecticut. And in your role and the company you're leading, what are the main barriers to rebuilding and growing the state's economy? Obviously, we're still trying to work through this whole pandemic. Unfortunately, it's, we haven't seen the light at the end of the tunnel just yet. Well, I will tell you, I haven't really experienced any real barriers. Um, you know, it's uh, there's a lot of activity out there. I think we want to obviously want to exceed our customers' expectations. And, you know, I've dealt with a number of cities and towns that have businesses that are that are coming to that community and we want to make sure that we make it as as frictionless as possible for them to be able to get there and open up their business and uh you know we're, we're going to continue to work at that my last question for you something that we've been speaking with a lot of our manufacturers and even from the restaurant industry really across all industries are dealing with this but how is eversource addressing the labor shortage which is again having a major impact across really all the industries in our state yeah you know we just actually had a graduation at our berlin uh campus we had graduated a bunch of uh highly talented folks that are going to be joining us in the uh, frontline line work line workers. And, you know, I think it was, um, it was really a touching day for us to see because uh, it takes over five years to get a fully qualified uh, line person. So uh, for us to be able to graduate those 15, 16 folks that day and in, in a partnership there with, uh, you know, some, some local players, I, I thought that was excellent. You know, we continue to work at it. You know, it, it, there really is a, um, a great demand for highly qualified, uh, skilled workers. And it's something that, that we've been working at for some time and we haven't really counted the market on, on uh, all the ideas. So we're always looking for new ideas or partnering with folks. Have you seen it um, be affected during the pandemic, the amount of laborers, or were you able to stay consistent because some of your work is outside and maybe a little bit safer during the height of the pandemic? Yeah, I think when it comes to storm response, a lot of the things that used to take place, uh, you know, typically you'd have uh, two folks in, uh, in in one vehicle. That can't happen anymore. You could have two folks in one um, hotel or motel room when we were doing the restoration. That's not allowed. Um, a lot of separation needed to take place. And also, as you might imagine with the pandemic, a lot of places were closed and people that we rely on for storms that might provide us, uh, you know, hotel or space and things of that nature. It wasn't available. So, um, you know, we um, we really had to work at that. You know, we had to well, we actually brought in the last one. It was such a uh, devastating storm was targeting the state that we brought in some uh, bedding trailers to to sleep uh, over a thousand thousand workers. And so uh, it was it was a, a big undertaking. OK, so this is a more of a lighthearted last question than the last one. And officially my last question. But. You've gotten through the spring, most of hurricane season. Are you ready for winter? We are absolutely ready for winter, and uh, we prepare every day uh, for the worst possible day uh, on the system. I will tell you that last Christmas Day, uh, I spent it in our control room in Berlin because our customers were without power, and I was not going to uh, enjoy my family and my celebration unless every customer was on. So. I spent the day there and um, 
right through the night until we got everybody back. And so we are prepared. And as I've mentioned, Joe Nolan will be the keynote speaker at our Connecticut Economy event, which is being held September 30th in Hartford. You can RSVP in person or you can attend virtually. Thank you for listening to the CBIA BizCast. You can listen on Apple where you can also subscribe, YouTube, or visit CBIA.com.